When we're talking about living a truly free and independent life, we mean it. And that's exactly what Gary Collins, who is the creator of The Simple Life, set out to accomplish. And now you have a chance to learn all the secrets that Gary has developed over decades of trying it out himself, building these amazing courses, as you can go to thesimplelifenow.com and access three amazing courses, one being the Off the Grid Master Course, two being the how to finance your off-grid home course and three how to find your dream off-grid property course and get an awesome 10% off at checkout by using code TBNS10 that's right you too can learn how to live a truly free and independent lifestyle by living off-grid and all these amazing courses are delivered to you by yes one Gary Collins from the simplelifenow.com use code TBNS10 at checkout for 10% off your order and start living your free life today A-B-L-E-S. Ebels. Remember that name because if you suffer from chronic joint and muscle pain like me, then Ebels Broad Spectrum CBD Oil is your answer to your prayers. The Ebels story began with the search for something natural to help manage chronic migraines. But Ebels helps more than just migraines. From managing chronic pain, anxiety, depression, and more, Ebels is truly a game changer in the natural alternatives to big pharma drugs. And yours truly, Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show, can indeed vouch for the quality of Ebels having a herniated disc in my back, coupled with years of sports injuries, I was struggling to find something, anything to help manage my pain. That is until Ebels. With the best quality product and customer service in the industry, Ebels Broad Spectrum CBD Oil and Ebels Freeze Gel easily stand above all the competition. And right now, Ebels is offering a special discount to all members of the Brian Nichols Show audience on all orders. All you have to do is head to Ebels.com and use promo code TB. NS, the Brian Nichols Show, right? TBNS at checkout. That's it. Discount applied. Again, the code is TBNS at checkout to start managing your pain today with the highest quality CBD on the market. One more time, that is code TBNS at checkout. And now, on to the show. Can I pause for a second and, and just note that uh, we got Brian on here who's getting uh, Congressman Massey on, and our typical lineup includes like homeless people that believe in Bigfoot. <laughs> Welcome to the Brian Nichols Show, your source for common sense politics on the We Are Libertarians Network. The Brian Nichols Show is the fastest growing liberty podcast that brings together people from all means of political thought as we seek to have meaningful conversations about the issues you care about. At the Brian Nichols Show, our goal is to leave the audience educated, enlightened, and informed. And now, your host, Brian Nichols. All right, and with that, welcome, folks, to The Brian Nichols Show. I am your humble host, Brian Nichols. Yes, you are in store for another phenomenal episode and, of course, reoccurring with our tradition, and that is talking, whether it's sales or marketing, our Mondays. Today, we are returning to the show, Jeremy Todd, talking all things sales. Jeremy, welcome back to the program, my friend. How you doing? I'm doing so good, Brian. Thanks uh, Thanks again for having me. I'm ready to talk some shop. Let's talk some shop. We're recording here on Sunday, June 13th. I just got done working there with our good uh, friend and behind the scenes extraordinaire, Frankie. She has an awesome organization called Feed Philly. Just spent a couple hours out uh, delivering meals to some homeless folks in the greater Philadelphia uh, metro area. It was awesome. Also got to meet Frankie for the first time in person, which is fantastic. Um, I got a little sun though. Not going to lie. A little uh, sunburn, but Yes, we're here to talk about sales today, Jeremy. I'm excited to have this conversation because 
Right now, we're seeing the growing need in the libertarian movement across the board to have conversations in ways that are, yes, focusing on the issues people care about, and that really does end up coming down to a sales-based approach. How can we start mm-hmm. to lead with the problems we're identifying and, and again, leading with the solutions to those problems? And to your to what we were uh, discussing, I say almost to your point, because we were discussing beforehand, um, <laughs> we, we, we had a long conversation beforehand, um, but yeah. there's a, there's a d- definitive need right now in the greater liberty world to focus on how to effectively communicate and articulate our ideas. So, Jeremy, let's kind of set the stage here. What okay. is the the fundamental problem right now we are seeing in the greater liberty world when it comes to starting out a sales-based approach in, in terms of actually reaching our new target market? Sure. Um, I, I think there are a couple of, uh, of fundamental problems. Um, one is that we do we, we are not as active locally as we should be. Um, so we don't get to do a lot of the face-to-face conversations, which pushes a lot of our conversations with uh, the outside world and with each other online, which is an imperfect medium to say the best <laughs> and an absolute cesspool of disgusting toxicity at, at, at its worst. So one thing that I think is really important to keep uh, in frame of mind is the 10-80-10 rule. Uh, Chris talks about knowing your audience, right? Uh, I, I think... The 108010 rule is that 10% of people no matter what you're selling are always going to buy. They they just like they they're easy, they agree with you. It's 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 pretty pretty cut and dry. 10% of people no matter what you do, they are going to disagree, they are going to fight and they are never going to buy from you. What our target is is and I've been trying to use this uh, term a little bit more uh, casually and non-insultingly is normies, <laughs> your neighbor, your your parents, people who don't spend hours a day talking politics online. That's our audience. That's who we should be attempting to persuade. And, and yet, what we do is we craft messages either in in, in either to get our ten percent that always agree with us fired up. Or the ten percent that always disagree with us fired up, <laughs> and it, 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 it's like all of these normal people in the middle are just watching us burn, and and just they they're just not interested. They're turned off. They by tune all this. out. They they tune it out, man. It's like the teacher in um, Charlie Brown. Everything you say <laughs> after you say some ridiculousness, <laughs> they just <laughs> go want 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 want. Yeah, yeah. 100%. And there's a reason that happens. The reason that happens, we mentioned this before, um, but for any anybody catching us for the first time, there, your brain biologically is set up in different sections that handle different things. But you as a human being have limited resources and basically brain power. So when you are, we, we can take it back to the word triggered, right? We like to joke and be like, oh, we triggered the left or we triggered the right. What, what triggered actually means is you have triggered the fight or flight response. It's where all of your highly functioning front part of your brain that can do language and algebra and, and, and philosophy and all of this higher thinking, it shuts off and it goes to the back part of your brain that controls things like heartbeat, breathing, your ability to like land a punch accurately. It's basically your, your, uh, I'm about to get eaten by a tiger part of your brain. What do I do to say a guy got eaten by a whale, by the way? No, dude. No. Okay. This lo- I think he's a lobster fisherman. He was off the okay. coast of, I think Boston. 
and he got eaten by a humpback. It was in he, he got uh, like just it, scooped him up, just like in his <laughs> mouth, and that was life for like a hot thirty seconds, and then it it brought him back up and spit him out. But yeah, got eaten Holy by a whale. Cow. Sorry, yeah, fight a or true flight. True life, Jonah story. No, yeah. Woo. So, but and and but when you're in fight or flight, and I try to. I try to uh, paint this example because I think at some point, as at least a child, most of us got into a scuffle or a fist fight. Uh, and, you, and Jeremy? When you're in, Never. Yeah, not me. No, 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 not at all. But when you're in that moment, you say some, you, you make noises. You can, you literally can't talk. You're just like, right. and it's because your brain has lost the capacity to speak. Because all of its resources are going to that triggered fight or flight part of your brain. So here's the problem. When you craft a message for the 10% that's going to fire them up or the the 10% that's going to hate you for saying it, the 80% gets triggered. And they respond in silence. They, they, they don't engage. They don't really come in. But what happens is they shut down the part of their brain where you need to speak to to convince them of a rational argument. Right. Where you 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 have to use emotion and logic in order to persuade somebody. But emotion can take over if you don't play it correctly. So what you want to do until you've made your case is keep people very unemotional as possible. Um, that way they can use the higher logical, rational parts of their brain. I don't think we're doing a very good job of that on either side. We're either not engaging somebody and we're putting them to sleep. Or we're being overly emotional and they're shutting us out. And so that's what I, to answer, long story short, to answer your question, that that's what I uh, believe is one of our biggest obstacles in coming into it. And it's important to understand too, and you're not saying that emotion isn't important. Emotion is important in the sales cycle entirely because we know the two number one and two things that sell are fear and love, right? So yes. it, when, when we're talking about you know sales, we, we, we acknowledge that it is a, a tool in the tool belt, but you mm-hmm. go to the Ben Shapiro facts don't care about your feelings, but but feelings do sell and you need to balance yeah. that that logic and reason with the emotional mm-hmm. side of things. And let's kind of go back to the 10, 80, 10 rule you're talking about there, Jeremy. Mm-hmm. I think you even break that 80 down into even more yeah. of a spectrum, right? And this is one thing yeah. that drives me crazy is sometimes you'll see libertarians who just look at the 80 as just an objective all, you know, collective same group of people mm-hmm. when in mm-hmm. reality the 80 percent are incredibly different and this is why it goes back to yeah. why is chris goizetta so important right marketing focusing <laughs> yeah. on that yeah. target market who's your buyer persona and making sure that you were looking at the data to figure out that not only are we speaking to the right person but the people who are actually go, go out mm-hmm. and, and they're going to make the moves they're going to listen to the the pitch right what is the emotional appeal that we're hitting them with and also the sense of logic that's going to make them not just say yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. But also, that's right, right? Not just, yeah, you're yeah. right, but that's right. And get them to nod fervently in agreement that they will go and make a buying decision, whatever that buying decision mm-hmm. may be, whether it's the vote, the fundraiser, you know, they're going ahead and donating dollars, whatever it may be. Get get them to put a freaking campaign sign in the front yard. But yep. we, we can look at that 80% and understand that there are certain people within that 80% that we need to focus to and not to make a squishy message. And this is maybe where we've seen a lot yeah. of the, the disagreement. Well, we don't want to be, you know, this pragmatic. And I hate the term pragmatic, but, yeah. you know, the, the, the pragmatic, squishy, uh, not not standing for anything, not being principled. Yeah. And and it's not that you you cannot be 
both. I think actually, I think you can you mm-hmm. can actually very much be both because you can make a principled stance in an emotional way based on logic mm-hmm. and appeal to a larger percent of that eighty percent demographic while also keeping that ten percent happy and not offending mm-hmm. a you know what the twenty or thirty percent that's left in that eighty percent demographic. Yeah. We can we can kill yeah. multiple birds or proverbial proverbial yeah. birds right for the YouTube censors with one stone. Yeah, and it, it's not about not offending that 20%, right? Like right. that that's not the goal. It's about not saying something so illogical or just triggering that the the vast majority of people that we're trying to win over We're not trying to own sh- the libs. That's not yeah, the go- that's not that, the that role. just shuts it. We're trying to change the libs, right? So that is why the sales process that comes in is so extremely important because I can sell somebody on ending child labor laws. I can't sell it by standing up in the middle of uh, you know a town square and shouting uh, all child labor laws should be ended because I haven't made my case yet. I've triggered them emotionally with something. So I, I wrote this down. If you don't clearly define your problem that you're trying to solve and then gain agreement before you make your pitch or you share your principle or your belief or solution. If they don't agree on the problem beforehand, then you leave it up to them. To, you leave it up to the audience to interpret what you mean by what you're saying. Time out so if we how say, do we, how do we get them to agree though on the problem? I guess. Cause yeah, maybe that's yeah. part of the problem is that we, we all have different perceptions of what the actual problems are. How can we get them to play ball in our court? Yeah. Okay. So it, it's a, uh, it's a process and I go back, there's, there's two ways uh, to do it really. So one is a little bit more of a, uh, a, a, a teaching opportunity or an opportunity to let them kind of self-discover. And then sometimes you do have to create the problem for them. So we'll start with that first one. It, it's, it's to ask better questions. And there's a book out there called Spin Selling. It's pretty fundamental in, in all of sales. And basically, it's a step-by-step walkthrough of helping people reveal the problems and the, the, the problems that they see in the world and then getting them to kind of come to agreement with you on that. So let's say there's a problem that you're going after. Well, Spin stands for situation, problem, implication, and then need. Uh, so what what you do is you ask questions to somebody that you're interacting with in that sequence to help them kind of reach the point of realizing that something is a problem and that you guys agree on the problem. So we can use uh, de- let's use defund the police because that that triggers a lot of people. Right. So if you just stand up and you say defund the police, anybody that that has ever known a police officer believes in a police officer has had a police officer help them they immediately think oh well they're just trying to end police everywhere and they think police are you know these evil creatures the narrative et cetera, et cetera, takes right? over that their their narrative takes right. over, not the one that you may have wanted to pitch. Yep. So instead, what you can do is ask questions along the way, and then finish with, "Hey, maybe defunding police is the the, the solution." So, uh, so you start with situation questions. So let's say you want to talk to somebody about police, uh, or police brutality. You you ask them, "Well, tell me what is your impression of how things are currently going with police officers," and let them answer. 
right? And I guarantee you somewhere along the way, they'll say, well, most of them are good. I think there are a few bad apples and those bad apples, you know, this or that. <clears throat> okay. And how many, how many bad apples do you think there are, you know, when it comes down to it? Ask questions. Okay. So that's getting them to at least admit to the, the situation and the reality. So you guys can reach uh, a point in the conversation where you agree on, okay, this is the situation that we have. And then you can move to problem questions, which sounds a little bit like, well, do you believe that our current system is the most effective way that we could do policing? I mean, if if uh, if a, a parent with a child with autism has locked himself in his room, we send armed men with no social training to resolve that situation. Do you believe that's the most effective way to do it? Do you believe police work too much and are asked to do too much? That's one of my favorite questions in, in this uh, and, and get them to start to see the problems with our current structure and process of having police and then the implications. Okay. So you've admitted that there are bad apples and then we send those bad apples to do things that they're not trained to do. They shouldn't be asked to do. And what happens? What are the implications? Oh, it's human life in a lot of instances, right? Um, they, they, it, it ends up with innocent people dying. Uh, it ends up ruining a police officer's life. Uh, and, you know, all of this was because the system was poorly designed. Now we've created the opportunity to talk about the need. Well, could you imagine a world where maybe we had fewer police officers and what they did was specifically what armed men should do in a society to enforce law rather than all of these other peripheral things that that lead to a lot of chaos and issues and and things like that and now they're now you're getting them to say yes and agree with you and and so that's where you can say okay that's what i mean by defund the police is that we ask them to do too much we pass too many silly laws for them to enforce and then they they go and they screw up and it ruins everybody's lives. And so we could take this other approach that I'm advocating for. And, and now you've got somebody who has reached this. We, we never triggered their emotional anger part of their brain in that process of asking them questions. Right. And so that's a much more effective way to build your case rather than saying defund the police and then having to deal with their emotional reactions as you try to explain why it's a, it's a, it's a good position to have. Does that make sense for everybody? I hope it does. <laughs> so I'm laughing folks, because oh, every time you see me look down and this for the more the YouTube uh, viewer, I'm writing down on my notes because I'm a sales guy and that's what you do when you're a sales guy is you write notes and we steal. We well, no, I'm doing notes in this case. <laughs> Because I, I want to make sure I'm not forgetting what you say. Well, and we do that we too. Borrow. But you wrote, you That's said, it. does that make sense? I wrote down as you said that, does that make sense? Because that led directly to one of the things that we want to incorporate throughout the entire sales cycle. And that is, and you, you touched on this just a second ago, gaining little agreements throughout mm -hmm. the sales cycle. Now, you'll see a lot of sales guys, so they'll say, you know, you want to make sure that you, you get you know, the, the agreement rate at the very end, right? Just get the big final mm -hmm. ask. But what you should be doing is you should be going throughout the sales cycle and constantly, constantly be getting little agreements and little, does this mm -hmm. make sense 
you know, kind of check and move forward mm-hmm. situations because if you're doing your job right, you're uncovering all the objections as we've discussed in the past. You're going through, you're answering the the you know not just the questions that are raised up, but you're helping uncover the problems that are are present, and you're you're truly presenting the solutions. It should just makes sense as you move through the sales cycle to when you do get to that final question. It's not the, oh, God, Jeremy, are they going to take the sale? Is it, you know, this is my entire quarter right here on this one sale. No, you should know. You should know and be confident that you have the sale. And if not, then you can, you can say, okay, well, then tell me what I need to do in order to help make this, you know, make this move forward. What, what am I missing? Mm -hmm. And then they're going to help, you know, help you basically coach you on how to actually yeah. get the sale through, whether it's helping change, you know, the, the buying decision. They'll say, you know, I, I see this a lot where you'll have a, a family and, you know, one of the significant others is very apolitical, but the other significant other is super political. And they're just kind of like, <laughs> yeah, but I don't want to deal with, you know, Susie or Bill at home. If I come in, I'm not, you know, a, a Republican or Democrat anymore. Help, yeah. help them. You know, then you can say, okay, here's how we're going to help, you know, coach them. And right. And then here's how you're going to yeah. help sell this to them. There, there's these kind of things that we can do and we can better set ourselves up for when we do ask for that final, does this make sense to move forward that we will put ourselves in better positions. But when we get to the point, Jeremy, that we're, yeah. we're going ahead and asking for that final agreement, we need to make sure that, you know, we're, we're getting the, the, the yeses to ultimately pitch the ultimate answer. So when you're talking about the mm-hmm. ultimate answer and the solution, what are we looking for in a solution to make sure that we're actually checking all the boxes in terms of hitting all the pain points, answering all the questions yeah. that they present to us? Yeah. So one of the things that I like to do before getting that sort of final yes and, and that I like that spin does is I can then recap and, 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 and a lot of times this is called paraphrasing. Uh, there's a lot of different terms for it, but I like to recap and reframe before I, I, I build value and necessarily in my solution. So I'd go back through and go, okay, so here's what we do agree upon. We agree that policing in the U S has, uh, is is at a conflict situation. Uh, there are problems. Uh, I'm not saying it's good or bad, but what I'm saying is that sometimes bad things happen, right? And that implication of, of bad things happening means that bad things happen to both police officers who are asked to do too much, they're undertrained, and they may end up harming people, and then innocent people get harmed. Are we in agreement on that? Yes. Okay, great. So, then we understand that there is a need to potentially look at some alternative methods that could solve those if those existed, right? And so I recap what we talked about and get them in that mindset of saying, yeah, yeah, we agree. Because especially in politics, we we people exist on a spectrum and the changing of hearts and minds takes time. Yep. Um, I, you know, it, it is not something that overnight people... I, and this is this is one of the things that really <laughs> frustrates me a lot with my ANCAP and my agorist friends is that they need to understand that the LP is your frontline drug dealer, right? Like we are out there getting the normies to take the first dose. We, we, we want to give them the very first dose that gets them hooked. And if they just spend enough time, most of them are going to come to the conclusion that, 
all government is bad. We need to end it. Let's homestead. Like that, that we are the gateway. It's, they it's get the it. sales funnel. Yeah. Right. They, they, they start to get it. We are the sales funnel. So we should really be supporting each other in this process um, rather than saying, oh, you're wrong because you believe. No, we believe that because we got to convince more people <laughs> and, and it's a process, man. Like it, it can't happen overnight. So give people time to, <laughs> to be on that spectrum and, and agree with you. 60%, 70%, 80%. Because once you get that foot in that door, then like you talk about so often on your show, you become that trusted advisor. So they will follow you. They will see your political posts and they will find more and more things that they agree with. And then when they disagree, it's a good foundation for a conversation where you have the opportunity to change their heart and mind on that position. Now, I laughed, and by so the way, really quick. I laughed yeah, because... Yeah. So my day job, again, I'm in telecom and cybersecurity. And back when I was actually going out and building these solutions with IT guys and CIOs and such, I mean, mm-hmm. there there are solutions, Jeremy, that quite literally would take years, years yeah. to go through the sales cycle. And I think we see this too often that a lot of the folks in the greater liberty world tend to be of, how do I put it, of the, the engineer mind, right? It's mm-hmm. it's It's a lot of... Black and white, zeros and ones. Good way um, to put it. Yeah, yeah, but also, you know, uh, read this book. Here's the case study. Yeah. And that's not... Professional your, introverts. Yes, but that's not your average person. Your average person right. is somewhere in kind of that middle squishy ground of wanting to learn more, but not really wanting to take the effort to go ahead and do it themselves. So we... When you're going out and you're trying to be that trusted advisor like I talk about and like you just brought back up, part of it is think about Google, right? We're not trying to be Google. Google is you go mm-hmm. into Google, you type in a question, it, it spits out, what, 3 million, 17 million, 37 million responses. What people need is someone who they can say, here's my question not just give me kind of the stuff that you know, but the stuff that I really need to know, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to listen to what you're telling me because I trust you on these other areas. Now, how do we build trust? I've had conversations with folks in the past. You, Kevin Vallier, he wrote a book on trust uh, and talking about the importance of how we can build trust and maintain trust and how trust is important for us as a society to function. But it's also important when you're trying to go through the sales cycle. Let's look a case study, no more perfect. What was I almost knocked over my water? I, I joke. I was on Adam Nutter's show, uh, show The Porcupine, um, and I was in his studio, and my hands were flying everywhere. And I'm like, I'm not even Italian. I'm putting it in front of the camera and stuff. Right. But let's look at a real life case study. Look at COVID 19. Look at the, the, no. the trust the experts mentality as it pertains to the, the public health experts, or in this case, the public health bureaucrats. And when you're told to trust these experts, when folks like Anthony Fauci will come out and openly say, yeah, I lied to the American public, but I did it for their own good. It's a noble lie that has instantly yeah. destroyed any foundation of trust going forward. And guess yeah. what? I'm hearing your normies, your 80% or a variation of that 80% starting mm-hmm. to say, who the heck is this guy? 
Why are we listening to him right. on their own? It's not me being Mr. Anti-Lockdown from you know March 2020 that they're that they're finally paying attention to. It's their own lying eyes, their own lying yeah. ears that they're starting to say, what is happening? And those are the people, now we talk about target market, the people who are normies that are starting to lean more towards, hey, can you tell me more? The reason they're yeah. asking us, and I'm saying us as the salespeople, to tell them more is because we have established ourselves as the trusted advisor in other mm-hmm. areas. So yeah. don't just go in with the book and think that you presenting the book means that they should trust you. I don't care yeah. if you think you have all the right answers. I want to know that the answers you have are pertinent to me, number one, mm-hmm. and number two, that I can see that you've done this before. And that's also yeah. where a lot of libertarians drop the ball when they're going through the sales cycle, Jeremy, is that you see that they say, well, you just need to trust me on this. And I promise mm-hmm. that if you trust me, my ideas will work. That doesn't right. work. You, they need to see case studies of how it can work now. Now, that's why I will, yeah. I will say I will give some concessions to our friends more on the right in the GOP because you can use a, a tool like the GOP to get pro-liberty policy mm-hmm. into action. I look at school choice as one of the most yeah. foundational policies that are going across the, the United States in a pro-liberty perspective. So yep. in those worlds, right, we can start mm-hmm. to point to those solutions as libertarian solutions, build the credibility, build the trust, but also yep. build the case study. And it's not a matter of saying, here's a 35-page case study but rather, here's what we did for someone like you, and here's mm-hmm. the value of us bringing them from point A, painting that better future, right, to point B, right, where they ended up. Right. And and helping solve that reality gap from where they were to where they ended up and saying, hey, by the way, does this pique your interest? Because we can apply this right. to you. That is where we can start to have the conversation of building mm-hmm. up the education, right, helping them get yeah. more confident, more pro liberty like pro, more pro the 10%. We want to build that 10% yeah. up, right? Of our raving fans, yeah. our raving lunatic base of fans. But we only can mm-hmm. do that once we start to get more and more people to actually say, "Can you tell me more in the first place, Jeremy?" Right. Yeah. Oh. As I yeah, I know. Perfect timing as you're taking a yeah. drink of water. Per- perfect timing. I got no, you, man. Okay. Uh the ha- have My you turn. ever heard of the law of diffusion of innovation? Negative. Okay, Google it real quick. Simon Sinek does a great presentation on this. So you can pull up Law the image. It's a bell curve, basically. Of innovation, there it is. Okay. Of innovation. Yep, it's a bell curve. And Diffusion of innovation is a theory that seeks to explain how and why at what rate new ideas and technologies spread. Does that sound about right? That's correct. Why okay. and what rate do new ideas and technology spread? So it's a bell curve. And basically the, the 1080-10 rule is, is, is why I wanted you to bring this up because where we're at in the greater liberty movement is th- this very small section of people who want to be the first. They're different. <laughs> they, they enjoy being different. And that's what motivates them. That's a very small uh, subset. We call them the what do they call that? The innovators. Yeah. On that, uh, on that, on that bell curve, you've got it pulled up. I don't. Oh, sorry. Um, and then, I, I, I was no, agreeing with you. Right. Yes. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, are you? Yeah, able you got to the pull innovators, early adapters, early majority. There you go. Late majority and laggards. Yeah. 
Yeah, so the early adapters are the people who aren't waiting in line the day the iPhone comes out, right? The, they, 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 they see no value in being the first. They kind of want to see if the bugs get worked out uh, you know, first, uh, there it is. Yep. So the early adopters. And, and, and so though that's the phase that we're in right now. These are people who believe what we believe, but maybe they haven't found the same home as us uh, and, and they need us to trust and connect with them. What I'm talking about when I say the 80% is the early and the late majority. These are people who buy the two-year-old iPhones when they go on sale. And then the late major- majority is the person who just bought like the last model that you can buy, the iPhone 7. The laggards are the people who only buy smartphones when that because you can't buy a flip phone anymore mm-hmm. like they, the mo they, they they are the last and they will go kicking and screaming into the night wanting to stay the same every and by the way and every so that, sales guy can see right now their industry mm-hmm. right here yep. i mean i'm seeing it from a, a yep. tel- telephony standpoint i know the guys the 92 year old business owner who has quite literally mm-hmm. a, a phone system in his closet from 1984 and i'm like yep. i'm like william doesn't it's not nineteen eighty four anymore. The big disc. Oh yeah. Yeah. And he, he's definitely a laggard. Yeah. Uh so th- this this helps you kind of understand, okay, where is the person that I'm talking to? How likely are they to want to hear innovative ideas that are gonna, you know, change the world? Because honestly, you that two point five percent you can shout whatever you want to in the wind. And if it's different and unique, they're going to latch on to it. But that's your two and a half percent. Your early adopters are the people you're talking about. They need some proof. They need, they don't, they're a little more risk averse. They want to see what you're talking about with case studies. They, they want to kind of dip their toe in. They like being early. They're not afraid to take a risk. Um, but they're they're a little more hesitant, and and then your early majority and late majority those are the those are the people who basically make a decision once it's, it's only been proved safe, and they have evidence. They're not willing to invest a lot in it, but that's where our meat is. Is if we're gonna you know kind of win things now. Here's what they have found is really interesting. That tipping point that they point to around sixteen percent, and I've heard Mr. Amash uh, uh, say this before around. He says 15% is really where the system tips and things just become normalized. And, and so uh, one of the examples Simon Sinek uses is TiVo. Uh, TiVo was mm. a, an incredible product, right? We even use it as a verb now. I'm going to TiVo this. or But I TiVo things all the time on my piece of crap, uh, you know, Cox DVR. Because uh, uh, the reality is, is they never made those connections in time to become an early or late majority adopter. And so TiVo as a business model is a failure, even though the product is by far the most superior. You have to kind of, we are not going to be relevant until we reach that 16% tipping point. Uh, And the way that we do that is by, like I said, you, uh, you know, finding the problems that we want the early adopters to solve, the people who are a little more risk averse, having a little bit of a nuanced conversation. And then they become the case studies and the proof because other people will see them believing what you believe and the late majority and early majority will become comfortable in believing the same thing. But when you're a fringe ideology, people are easily, it's easy to look at you and go, why would I need that? Why would I believe that? Right. And so this is as much about what you said, creating proof 
along the way uh, as anything. So know those case studies, know how to ask the questions that lead people to believe the outcomes of those case studies. Like I, like I talked about earlier, agree on the problems uh, and and then you can present your solution as opposed to what the two major parties or, you know, the majority of status will call them. So look at lockdowns, right? Lockdowns yeah. were one of the issues. Candidly, I, I would say I was an innovator <laughs> in, in yeah. terms of the greater yeah. liberty podcast space because I I mean, I, got, I had a lot of people mad at me because I was like, no, like, no, no lockdowns. This is not this is not how yeah. liberty like libertarians or anybody who just believes in the concept of liberty reacts to things. I'm sorry. We don't just right. arbitrarily lock down society and say some people are essential and some people aren't. That's very, very authoritarian. I mean, I, I remember sitting there watching as you know i'm hearing governor wolf i'm hearing mayor kenny mm-hmm. um going through and, and using these words like essential and non-essential i feel like padme amadala in episode three of star wars like so this is how liberty dies with thunderous applause yeah. because yeah. guess what we're all gonna be kept safe and and it i would say that's partly why i started to make it not just an issue because i did think it was a very important issue but we're seeing yeah. this now you had the innovators right then you have the early mm-hmm adopters that the folks who start to say okay maybe there's more to paying attention i would say like let's let's look at maybe somebody like a uh desantis right a ron desantis he'd be more of an early adopter because he's starting to say hold up and we did this whole you know 15 days the slow the the spread thing that didn't really work like we thought it was and then you have the early majority i would say that starts to turn in more to your business your small business owners right your your mom and pop restaurants or, or shops that were being hurt because of the different government restrictions or the parents who started to realize just how insane their, their the stuff that their kids were learning at school because now the kids are at home and they have to see it mm-hmm. firsthand and now we're I think in the late majority or we're yeah. in the late majority as we are coming from March in through uh, May of people starting to say okay like you know I think you can look at Texas yeah and this Florida. is probably a bad idea yeah, yeah like they're they're not all dead yet right yep. like, Texas and Florida yep. still uh, hey subscribers give me a shout make sure you guys are, are good um but like yep. you know you have Texas and Florida we can't pretend that they're not around anymore and now I think we're in yeah. the laggard stage now candidly I live here in Philadelphia I just went to Aldi of yeah. all places <laughs> and I was one of yeah. a total of two people not wearing masks in Aldi uh today yeah. just went over to where was I target maybe half the people not wearing masks so I mean there's still mm-hmm. Some people not. Yeah. Kind and there, of, and there right? always will be. But yeah. that's a perfect case study, you, right? Of exactly. You can yeah. see that bell curve and, and it goes As it becomes hand normalized. Hand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. it, the normal, normalization. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And the key is, I think a lot of times the liberty movement looks at the laggards and we go, oh, that's that's the enemy. That's the opposition. Like, right. no. no, like ignore them. They, you're not you are having no effect on them. And in fact, by they're having no them, effect on anybody else either. Yes. Yes. Stop, <laughs> stop engaging. Do not feed the trolls. Uh, it, it does not work. What uh, there are substantial ways to have conversations with normal people that lead to results and it takes place in a process you have to build some trust and likability in yourself you then have to ask the questions that help them understand the problem and agree with you on the problem then you have earned the right to present your solution um and if you don't do it in that order i have found it is very very ineffective does that make sense I think so. Does that make sense? There you go, Jeremy. 
I think uh, I think we're, we're at a good point here as we start to, uh, yeah. to aim towards the end of the conversation because we've set a definitive blueprint. My notes here are just, you know, it's an entire page worthy of notes. So I, I pray for the uh, the note transcription company um, because it's going to be a long one as well. But, Jeremy, thank yes. you again, my friend. Now, as always, we want folks to go ahead and follow you. Where can folks go ahead yep. and find you? I know Twitter we have was it J, uh, J Todd. Six I have, J Todd six zero one on the YouTube. Yep. It's going across the bottom of the screen for uh, you uh, YouTube it. watcher. So it's J Todd six zero one two D's J Todd. Mm-hmm. Uh, now Jeremy, we are yes as we're wrapping up the end of the show. By the way, it's uh, B Nichols Liberty Twitter Facebook Minds.com yes. If you want to go ahead and follow me, um, we are getting ready to, to. And I didn't tell you this yet. Surprise, we're going to be doing at some point. You. Me and Chris Goizetta, a a three uh, three way conversation talking about sales, marketing, and and the value of the liber- uh, that to that to the liberty movement, and we're gonna kind of do a roundtable master conversation for the Patreon subscribers. So Patreon.com forward slash the Brian Nichols Show. If folks want to go ahead and learn more there. Five dollars a month, ten dollars a month. You become an entry level sales or account level executive. Either way, Jeremy, you know what they get. One of these awesome don't hurt people, don't take people's stuff, bumper stickers. Um, also, have you checked out the new shop yet, Jeremy, with a product? I Libertarian? sure have. I, I have my uh, my don't hurt people, don't take their stuff t-shirt on the way. Dude, oh, I was hoping I, to get it in time uh, for the show today. I, no, no maybe. worries. I know I, I, I was going ahead and letting them go ahead and get the orders for other people out there. I'm sharing some of the stuff here on the screen right now. I mean, yeah. the cool mask, bro. And you know what's funny is I'm walking through Philadelphia. <laughs> I'm definitely just thinking of different things I could have for you know snarky little t-shirt sayings. Um, just mm-hmm. like, thank because I, I was actually asking this question to my wife. I said, so what's the rule now? Do, does the mask keep you safe from me? Yeah. Or was it supposed to keep me safe from you? Or how did that work again? So I'd love to do a shirt like "Thank you for wearing a mask" or "Thank you for wearing a mask for keeping me safe." Smiley face, yeah. like something as yeah. snarky yeah. as that. So hey, maybe you know, proud libertarian team, I'll go ahead and throw that. Just go ahead and design it yourself. You I'll I'll give you my thumbs up endorsement. I'm a big fan of the Google overthrow the government. I I'm I think that's one of my favorite ones, honestly. Um, and of yeah. course you can get these you know it's t-shirts, hats, snapbacks, bumper stickers, mugs, uh, make conspiracy theories, conspiracies again. And uh, by the way, <laughs> folks, uh, I know that these great. Um, where you can find this again, it's proudlibertarian.com forward slash collections forward slash the Brian Nichols show or, you know, easy enough, briannicholsshow.com forward slash shop. My my man, uh, this has been a fun conversation. Uh, yeah. Any any last words? Yeah. You go ahead and give the audience I, 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 I your Jeremy. Decided I, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to have a tip at the end of every episode. I love it. Jeremy's um, tip. Let's one, do it. This one is, a, this is my tip. All right. I heard this a long time ago. Can you hear the baby screaming? I can. That's happy, happy, happy Father's uh, Day, Jeremy. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, my tip is this. Wait for your second emotion. Um, I heard this a long time ago at a, uh, at, at a business conference. And basically his point was your first emotion is going to lie to you in most cases. Um, so when you see something or you have an emotional reaction to something, stop and wait, wait on your second emotion because it's genuinely, it's generally different. Um, it comes to counter the first emotion and then you are putting yourself in a position to respond rather than react. So mm-hmm. that's my tip. You respond have that mean email. rather than react. The mean yep. email, the, your coworker effed up. You lost the big mm-hmm. sale because they didn't send over the mother effing paperwork in time. You have the very, very, very strongly worded email crafted, and it's very articulate with lots and lots of expletives. Mm-hmm. You're getting ready to hit that send button. Don't. 
Don't take wait. take a night. Start the yep. morning like I do at 5 a.m. before your workout. Open the email and say, do I feel this right now? Nine times out of ten, I know I haven't, and and I gotta be real. That email yep. really hasn't really been written too many times over. Though when it has, <laughs> I think I've deleted it almost every single time. Yeah. So I yeah. I completely agree, Jeremy. That is a, a great tip. So thank you for the tip of the week. Yes, wait for the second emotion, folks. If you're enjoying the kind of content we're doing here over at the Brian Nichols Show, specifically our Monday episodes with Jeremy and Chris talking all things sales and marketing, I would love to hear about it. As I sure Jeremy would as well briannicholshow.com forward slash reviews give us a quick five star rating and review tell folks why in one sentence or less i don't is that possible this show is great you can do that that's fine or you can go ahead and give us a quick uh, you know uh, one or two sentences what value do you get from the program specifically these shows in particular i would love to hear about it i know jeremy would as well so with that being said folks thank you for joining us on today's episode coming up on wednesday we have the gentleman from the sound mind creative group we are talking all things lockdowns because we're talking about following the science on lockdowns and liberty a brand new docu-series that's going to be coming out here in the next uh, few months to a year or so talking about not just the actual science of the lockdowns but the impact of the lockdowns on those individuals who maybe weren't deemed to be essential by their government. It's a very important conversation for us to be having and a great docu- docu-series there for us to not only uh, want to raise up, but also if you can, folks, go ahead and financially support. We'll be uh, teasing that. Uh, I guess we are teasing that here. I, I teased it last yeah. episode there with a the trailer. So, folks, make sure you've gone ahead, hit the subscribe button. You're here on the YouTube. Hit that notification bell and give us a thumbs up. But with that being said, it's Brian Nichols signing off. You're on The Brian Nichols Show for Jeremy Todd. We'll see you Wednesday. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com. Audio production for The Brian Nichols Show is brought to you by DB Podcast Audio. Learn more by emailing inquiries to william at dbpodaudio.com.